You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Hey, what's up, everybody? Listen, if you have not heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Number one, it's free. Yeah, I got your attention now, right? Number two, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Number three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Number four, you can make money from your podcast. That's right. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum viewership. Number five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So right now, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor. Dot FM to get started. What's up, everybody? Talk What's up, everybody? <laughs> I'm laughing because I was talking to the blog talk radio intro, but what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the What Now podcast. My name is Clifton Petty John for the purposes of of this podcast, you can call me Cliff, all right? You already know, those who have listened to episode one, this podcast was not planned at all. I'm not a very spontaneous person, so for me to do something spontaneous, it shows that I'm continuing to live life outside of my comfort zone. Why? Because I believe that purpose is only found or we only find purpose within ourselves when we step outside of that zone that has become our comfort zone. And even once we step out of there, sometimes after the comfort zone is a fear zone. So then you have to step past that fear zone. But we're not talking about that on tonight, all right? We are not talking about that at all on tonight. I want to thank you for those who listened to the first episode and to those of you that are listening now, I hope that you will continue to listen as I continue to create purposeful content, okay? So here we go. Some of you are watching because, or listening, because you saw the title, all right? So I wanna do my disclaimer now. I don't have a long time, so I'm gonna rush through my disclaimer. This is not uh, these episodes talking about my marriage and my divorce will not be a bashing 
um, session at all. The man that I married was one of the greatest men that I know to this day. You know, I I still, you know, have love for him. And I'm going to explain all of that, you know, throughout the conversation. But this is not a bashing um, in any way, shape, or form. This is me getting my story out. Sometimes we can't move past certain things because we haven't been able to get it out. And now I'm at a space in my life where I can finally get it all out. I can get everything out. Why? Because I'm past the bitterness. I'm past the anger. I'm past the resentment. I'm past all of those things. And I'm not saying that they all of those things were directed towards him. Many of those things were directed towards myself. Um, anybody that's been through a divorce, you understand, and even been married, you understand and you may not have, you know, went through your divorce yet, but you're contemplating divorce. Uh, you understand that there are things that a divorce will do to you. Now I'm talking to those that are going through a divorce. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that have been through a divorce. Divorce can sometimes rip you apart. Um, because divorce to me, and I've heard somebody else say this, is kind of equivalent to death because now what you built with that person is now dying and the part of you that was connected to them and if you had put your all in it it's being ripped apart now with many times it can be slowly ripped apart or you can face a reality all at once and feel that thing ripped apart you know all at one time you know and I don't know what everybody else's process is but I dealt with I, my dealing with divorce was not good at all. Um, I worked hard publicly to show that I dealt with it well, and even the person that I was married to thought that I was handling the divorce in a manner like I just didn't care. But I think the reality was, and I've expressed that to him before as well. I just had, I guess, I went through all of the things that embody a divorce before we actually got divorced. Like I actually saw it coming. So I started preparing for, it. um, but I think before we can go into the marriage and go into the divorce, I kind of have to talk about my coming out story. Um, and the reason why is because that's a major part, you know, transitioning into this. Now, here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to give you my whole coming out story. Why? Because these episodes are only 15 minutes long, and 15 minutes go by fast. Um, I'm just going to give you, you know, a synopsis of it, all right? Um, as far as how long did I know I was gay, honestly, since I was a kid, um, I knew that I had affection towards, you know, the male uh, gender. Um, I always knew it. However... Because it was such a stigma and such a uh, leopardous um, situation in my culture and in my environment, I had no one to talk to about. So I suppressed those feelings. I dated females, and none of those relationships could be successful because my heart and my being were never really fully in those things. Um, 
I did it because I felt like that's what I had to do, and I did it because I was told that's what I was supposed to do. I'm not saying I wasn't attracted to those uh, young ladies. They were beautiful. Um, however, I understood that that's not what I desire. That's not, you know, where my affection is towards. But also I grew up in ministry, so I understood, you know, if I'm gay, I'm going to hell, and I didn't want to go to hell. So, you know, I've been one that's prayed uh, for God to take this away from me. I've, I've gotten prayer. I've fasted. I've made this confession and that confession. I've been um, people, I'm not going to, I'm going to say this the right way, okay? There were people who I believe they thought they were doing best for me. Um were trying to force me to date females. I think they felt as if if I date females, I would get that out of my system. I mean, even to the point where I was told that some of the responsibilities that I had would be taken from me if I hadn't dated a female. Um, so I, I went through a lot of different things with with with. Uh, the situation being in ministry. I do want to say some things because I'm taking this time to clear up some things too. There were people that were very surprised when I came out. Um, however, there are people that did know that I had affection towards, you know, the same sex. Um, when I was 19 years old, I joined a certain ministry. And I did not want to do any work in that. What's up, everybody? My name is Cliff, and you are listening to the What Now Podcast. That's right, the What Now Podcast, where we, through conversation, discuss ways that we can effectively address life's most difficult moments. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's episode. Ministry. Before I did any work in that ministry, I explained to them what I was wrestling with at the time or quote-unquote struggling with. Um, at the time, I explained it to them, you know, in full details. We've had, we had conversations about it over the years, you know, it was... It was something that was, you know, told I could talk to them. However, you know, I, not to tell anybody else. You know, that's that's how it was kind of, um, that's not how it kind of was handled. That's how it was handled. Um, however, you know, the whole time, you know, throughout my 20s as I was attempting to find myself um, in a very passive way, to be honest with you, it just, it plagued me hard, man. It really plagued me hard. And I want to clear up another thing. I was not in the closet in the sense of I dated men while professing to be straight. I never did that. Um, the only man that I dated before I came out was the man that I married. He was the first man that I ever dated or did anything with. Um, so I just want to clear that up because I've heard a lot of stuff about me and 
I'm going to say this. Sometimes you hear stories about you and you have to laugh. And here's my response to a lot of the stories I hear about myself. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm at a place in life where I'm going to tell the truth on myself even when it hurts me. I haven't always been there, to be honest. I have not always been there. I'll tell you, I was passive. I was a punk. I ran from confrontation, all of those things. Coming out helped me mature and become a man. And it's funny to me because a lot of people look at it when you come out as you are less of a man, but me coming out made me the man that I am today. You feel me? Not perfect. Still got a lot of work to do, but I'm proud of who I am and who I'm becoming, okay? Now, yeah, I was saying all that to say, you know, I hear some stuff that I've done, and I, I've told people this before when people have asked me. And I tell people, my life, I'm an open book. Come to me and ask me. There's no better person to ask anything about me than me. But, you know, a lot of times a lot of people won't come to you because they honestly don't want the truth because sometimes the truth isn't as fun, funny, or glamorous as a lie is, okay? So I just wish I was in some of the encounters that some of the people said that I had because they seem so good. They seem so um, exciting. Like, I'm saying, thinking, man, I missed out on this, like, that was a great story. I would have loved to been up to actually have been a part of that. All right, so now let's move on, okay? So, you know, through my 20s, as I said, also in my 20s, um, if you watch any of my videos or hear me speak, I always talk about, you know, the decision I made that resulted in a felony. Um, I tell anybody you want to know what it is, come talk to me. I don't mind talking about it. I don't hide it. It is a part of who I am, and it helped make me who I am today. I say that, you know, um, I felt bad about what I did. Um, I wish I had not have done what I did. However, at the same time, I have to say that it kind of pushed me into purpose, you know, to be real about it. So I'm going through all of those things. I lost my mother, who was my backbone. That was my best friend. That's the one I could go to about anything, um, you know, within my 20s. And, you know, I've done people wrong. I've been done wrong. You know, I made a lot of stupid decisions. I isolated myself, you know, from people that really cared about me. Um, and sometimes I embraced people that I shouldn't have embraced, you know, so that was all a part of the learning process. But here we go. Skip forward to 30 or 31. I can't remember if it was 30 or 31. So now here I'm at a, I'm at a crossroad in life. I end up meeting this young man. And we start having conversation. Then we start, you know, just chilling and hanging out together. And it starts to evolve into something. And, like, for the first time in my life, I'm like, yo, you need to be happy. Like, real talk, you need to be happy because you are not living your life. You're just existing. You are going through the emotions. You're like a zombie. You're doing the same thing on a daily basis. And so I ended up, you know, we ended up talking and, you know, progressing through that. Now, when we first started talking, um, I was not out. Uh, but I will say, I think it was like two months into it was when I finally made the decision to come out. That decision was very unpopular. As I said, I grew up around church culture. Um, 
and as I said, it was looked down upon. It's almost as if you have leprosy, honestly. <laughs> you know? uh, it's gotten better over time, but I remember in the area that we lived in, it was not, you know, an easy situation. And maybe one day I'll go into full details about that, but I just wanted to lay that foundation. Um, you know, my life changed in an instant because I went from being, quote, unquote, loved and embraced and being this great person to now waking up to me. I mean, y'all, if I saved the text messages, I'm not exaggerating anything. Um, I got hateful, I mean, hateful text messages from those who were naming the name of Christ. Now, I did not expect people to embrace me. Um, but I did expect people to still love me. And that's another thing that's a misconception. I don't need you to agree with who I am. I don't need you to accept who I am. I just need you to realize that my life is bigger than that. And if you can realize my life is bigger than that, then we can exist together. That's the whole point with me. Now, there may be some who want you to embrace who they are and accept that I don't care about none of them, none of that. You know, um, but that's the foundation of it. And I'm running out of time, so I guess we're not going to get to the marriage and the divorce today, but I wanted to lay the foundation um, so you guys can kind of understand how we get to where we are now. A lot of people thought he brainwashed me. A lot of people said the enemy was using him. It's amazing what people will come up with when you finally find your own strength to stand in what they were encouraging you to stand in, and that is what you believe. Be blessed. Can you identify any areas in your life where stagnation is manifesting? Now, I know some of you might say, no, I can't. Well, I want us to look at stagnation for what it really is. Some people have identified stagnation as something that's not growing or that's not producing. I don't believe that stagnation. To me, stagnation can also be that yes, we're growing. Yes, we're producing. However, we're growing and producing in a manner that's disrespectful to the purpose and the greatness that resides inside of us. And listen, we all have areas where we can identify that we could be doing a lot better in. There's greater potential in those areas than we are experiencing. And guess what? I have a tool that will help you begin to experience transformation in those areas of stagnation in your life. And that tool is called From Stagnation to Transformation. That's right. That is my book, From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to head over to my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. I want you to hit there. I want you to hit the Transformation tab. There you're going to find a free preview of my book. That's right. A free preview of my book. And I promise you, after you read the preview, you're going to want to invest in your personal transformation through purchasing the book. So again, hit over there. Purchase the book. Let me know you purchased it. Here's what I always say, guys. 
If you purchase the book, you read the book, you apply the principles in your life, and yet you still are stagnant in the areas that you are applying them to, and you're not experiencing any transformation, and you can prove to me that you have applied these principles, I will give you a, a 100% refund. That's right, a 100% refund. Why? Because I believe in the application of the principles that are outlined in this book. So again, visit www cliftonpettyjohn.com and purchase your copy of From Stagnation to Transformation.